Hello, and welcome to the Equipping Godly Women podcast, where we help busy Christian moms find practical ways to grow in faith and family, no matter how busy they are. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Equipping Godly Women membership community, the place to get the mentorship, training, and encouragement you need to be the amazing Christian woman God is calling you to be. Learn more at equippinggodlywomen.com slash membership. Otherwise, let's go ahead and dive on into today's podcast. Hi, Brittany Ann from Equipping Godly Women here, where we challenge, encourage, and equip Christian women just like you to be all in in faith and family. And today on the Equipping Godly Women podcast, we are talking about a topic that all of us deal with on an everyday basis, but don't talk about nearly enough. And that is the topic of our emotions. Um, Today, we're talking with Elizabeth Lang Thompson, author of the brand new book, all the feels. And what makes today's topic so interesting is that Elizabeth and I are on total different ends of the spectrum. As you can imagine, Elizabeth is somebody who feels all of the feels, all of the things in a very big way. Whereas I, on the other hand, am somebody who would prefer not to have emotions pretty much ever. Um, I'm what she calls a reluctant feeler. So on today's podcast, we are diving into the different kinds of ways that we as women deal with our emotions, how we can deal with them in a God-honoring way, the strengths and weaknesses of both personality types, and the third one that apparently there is. Um, So whether you are someone who feels all of the feels or you're not really sure what to do with your emotions in the first place, this is a podcast episode that you will definitely benefit from. All right, Elizabeth, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk with us today. Can you just start us off? I want you to kind of define this term, all the feels. I know that it is a phrase that I've used before. I've heard it around a lot, but just in case anybody isn't familiar with this phrase, what does it mean for you when you talk about all the feels? Yes, sure. Well, thank you for having me on to talk about this. It gives me all the feels to be able to talk about all the feels. (laughs) But I remember the first time I actually heard that phrase or read that phrase. I was on Facebook and um, somebody had commented on a really emotional poem that was posted and they just put all the feels with like a series of emojis, like a happy one, a crying one, a laughing one. And I always say that my heart gave a little hiccup because I thought, oh, that's my life is all the feelings all the time. And and so that's really what that means is something that makes you feel all the feelings. And um, so that's what we're talking about in, in my book and presumably today is just all the different emotions that we can have. That is awesome. And yeah, I love this phrase because it so encapsulates what it can feel like when you're like, I have all of the feelings all at once. And I know that it's something that so many women deal with. But today I want to dive in, um, first of all, and talk about while we know that talking about feelings are important because they are something that we deal with all the time. Um, Is there anything in the Bible that talks about feelings or that we should keep in mind as we are discussing the topic of feelings? You know, it's funny because I, depending on how you grew up religiously or what your, what your religious experience has been like, um, you may or may not associate the Bible with feelings, except perhaps boredom and, you know, (laughs) legalism or (laughs) being forced to do something and go somewhere you didn't want to go on Sunday mornings. 
But the Bible is a deeply emotional book. And when you start looking for emotion in the Bible, first of all, it doesn't take long to find it. And second of all, you are amazed by the depth and breadth of the Bible's emotional language. Uh, God himself is deeply emotional. He, it, it, There's n nothing we have felt except the sinful feelings um, that God himself has not expressed and felt. He, he grieves, he rejoices, he loves, he mourns. All of those feelings God models for us in scripture. And the Bible gives us so many examples of men and women just like us feeling all the different kinds of feelings everything from joy and gratitude and um just all the happy feels to to grief and then and then some of the ones we wish we didn't have like rage and um envy some of those you know not so fun feelings to have but the bible really deals with all of those and shows people dealing with them grappling with them, some successfully, some not so successfully. So there's so much that we can glean about how to live a healthy emotional life from the pages of the Bible. It's a really wonderful tool to help us in our daily life. And I love that you bring that up because the book that I'm working on right now, which is not out yet, um, but my book that I'm working on behind the scenes is called Fall in Love with God's Word. And it comes from exactly what you were talking about, that emotion in the Bible. Um, for me, it was from Psalm 119, where the author is talking about, God, I delight in your laws and I love your laws and just all of this emotion. And exactly how you said a minute ago, so many of us approach God's Word with this, oh, it's boring, it's an obligation, but what if we could delight in in God's word and what if we really enjoyed it so having these feelings and emotions um, I love how you said God had emotions and Jesus had and all these people throughout the Bible had so many emotions so it's not just us being all kinds of emotional like emotions are God-given and they're important um, can you talk to us a little bit about some of the stigma around emotions or where we might fall into trouble with our emotions today as Christian women Absolutely. Um, you know, I think we already touched a little bit on this, but sometimes we feel like Christianity is not the place for our feelings. You know, Christianity, Christianity is the place where we're supposed to obey God and do the right thing and get our feelings in line. And, you know, that's really not the story we see in scripture. What we see in scripture is God welcoming our feelings and inviting us into emotional conversations with him, inviting us to deal with the difficult feelings and the big ones that we don't always know how to quite get a, our hands wrapped around with him. Um, where our feelings can get us into trouble, um, well, there are many ways. <laughs> I, I consider myself, and I know we're gonna talk about this a little bit more, but I consider myself a big feeler. So for me, when I get into emotional trouble, it's when my feelings sort of lead the way and run away with me and take me to places uh, that feel a little out of control and where I would rather not be. And so, um, part of my journey with feelings has been learning to bring my feelings to God and say, okay, God, help me work through these. Help me honor you with the way that I feel. Help me work through the hard ones that I just, they're all knotted up and I don't even know which one is which and how to interpret and untangle. Help me with that. 
Um, but there are other people who may more need God to draw out their feelings because they don't like having feelings. They'd rather deal with, with facts and logic. But that, again, is where scripture can help pull out your more emotional side um, and help you become the emotional being that God made you to be. And I think it's hilarious that you've mentioned that because I was kind of like waiting for us to get into the interview before I mentioned this, but I am the total opposite of you in this regard, which is why I wanted to have this conversation because how you said you are someone who has all the feels and you have so much emotion. And for me, I am on the total opposite end of the spectrum. Not that I don't ever have emotions, um, but I am very fact oriented, very logic oriented, very like, if you think I'm, I'm also a long distance runner. So for example, if I'm on mile 16 and I'm planning on running 17 miles that day, at 16 miles, I don't care how I feel. Like my body can say, oh, I feel, and I just totally shut it down. I don't care. I don't listen to it. Like this is what I decided to do. This is what I'm gonna do. And I, that's just how I live. I mean, that's the easiest example to give, but that's how I live every day, all day is I don't care how you feel, like stuff it down, ignore it. It doesn't matter. Like this is what we decided we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Um, so I want to definitely talk about both ends of the spectrum here, especially since we both kind of cover them. Um, but let's go back to what you were talking about a minute ago, how you were saying, okay, let's take our emotions to God. I love that. Um, but let's get into how do we do that really practically speaking? So first of all, how do you know when you need to take your emotions to God? Is there some kind of um, sign or signal or symptom that you say, okay, when I notice this in myself, I know that I need to take this to God in prayer? Mm, that's a great question. Well, first, I think that God wants us to have a very open dialogue with him all the time. And we the Psalms, when you read through the Psalms, you see everything in there from rage to uh, bitterness to murderous, you know, hatred even, um, to just gratitude and overwhelming celebration and awe of God. You see every imaginable emotion there, which tells us that God wants that kind of dialogue with us, that if we're feeling something he's happy to hear it and he invites us to share it. So so we don't necessarily need a big moment in order to share our emotional life with God, which for me as a big feeler, that's encouraging because I often have a million big feelings a day. And you know, my poor husband, as much as he loves me and loves hearing about my feelings, he doesn't necessarily have the time or the bandwidth for every single one, but God does. And so I can turn to God all day long and say, God isn't this child that you entrusted me with adorable or, you know, God isn't this child that you entrusted me with driving me crazy and I need help having patience. You know, I can take those little moments all day long to him. But I do think there are times when our feelings, either they baffle us and we don't know what we're feeling, which perhaps, and you can testify to this more, but perhaps for you as a more reluctant feeler, you may be more baffled and a little like, oh, what, what is this? I don't know how to name this one. I kind of wish it wasn't here. That may be more your experience. For me, the bafflement may come more when it's, this feeling is so big, I feel out of control and I'm going down the rabbit hole to some places that I don't want to be and I don't think God wants me to be. I need to take these feelings to God. So I think there are all different kinds, all different signs. Um, but anytime you're feeling something big or small, 
you're welcome to bring it to God. And he is happy to listen. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Okay, so that brings up another thing that I really think we need to talk about as well. You mentioned that when you have all of these feelings, it can lead you to a place where you don't want to go. So you know, like, hey, you're there, like you're starting to go to a bad place or an overwhelmed place or any kind of an angry place, any kind of lots of feelings place that you know is not healthy for you. What are your tips or strategies for how to deal with it when you feel like your emotions have become a train that you cannot get off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, I talk a lot about multiple different tips in the, in the book. One of the most important foundational things that I try to establish early on in the book is this idea that we've got to learn to differentiate between facts and feelings. And, and, and that's easier for some people than for others. You know, for me, it can all kind of blend together where it's hard for me to tell, like, is this a feeling or is this something that God wants me to do? I don't know. Is this right? Is this wrong? I don't know. I just feel. So learning to distinguish between fact and feeling. And and this is a hard one for someone like me who lives with such big feelings all the time. But I've had to learn to trust God's word over my feelings, to let God's word counsel my feelings. Um, you know, I, a great example of that is when Jesus gives his famous do not worry speech, which worry, anxiety, those are just chronic emotional plagues that I, we feel um, in general in life. But I think certainly in the season of that the world has been going through recently with the pandemic and all of this. We've all really struggled with worry and anxiety. And so Jesus gives this amazing speech filled with analogies of, hey, do not worry. Um, look at the birds of the air. See how God takes care of them. And he sort of reasons us through why we can trust God and why worry is not healthy for us. And it sort of helps to walk us down that path. And there are so many great scriptures that if we can learn to sit down with scripture and say, okay, here's what I feel. Here's what God says. Now, how can I bring those together? I also think that prayer is a powerful way of working through our feelings, especially when there are things like worry and anxiety that, you know, we tend to, what do we worry about? We worry about the stuff that feels out of our control. So when we can learn to present those things to God and say, I can't fix this. I, I can't control this, but I know that you can, and I know that you care. That goes a long way towards helping deal with those anxious feelings. So that gives you sort of a, a general, big picture, broad strokes view. Um, but there's so much that we can do to pull scripture and God in to helping us slow down the emotional train and then get off it all together if it's a really bad train. <laughs> So the thing that I love about what you just said, I mean, I love all of it, but the one thing that really stuck out to me is how you said, and I think this definitely bears repeating, but facts are not feelings. And I think that's one thing that for me makes me kind of shy away from feelings even more than I should, because I know like facts are not feelings. Those are totally different things. And just because I feel something doesn't mean it's true. So I think that 
going back to what you said, it is so important to know what the facts are. So yes, how you said going into God's word, what does God's word say? And if God's word says one thing and your feelings say another thing, then your feelings are wrong. And that's not a mean thing and that's not a bad thing. It's a liberating thing. It's a thing of freedom that you don't have to feel this way anymore. You don't have to accept this as truth anymore because God tells you clearly in his word, like this is truth. So you can give yourself permission to feel another way. And again, you would have to speak to how like difficult or easy that is um, in terms of making yourself feel something. Cause I feel like I, uh, do that easier than the average person. I envy Gosh. you. I, I wish I could do that. I, and, and I think that's a strength of yours. And that is the strength of the, what I call in the book, reluctant feeler. That's the thing that you can teach the rest of us who we struggle to see through the feelings that maybe aren't telling us the truth. Um, you're better at that. And, and so you can help people, you know, I mean, even goodness, as a mom, when your kids are like, ah, you'll be able to walk them through it and say, no, it's not. You may feel that way, but here's why it's not. So it's actually a strength that God has given you. As long as I don't take it too far in the other direction. Um, but yeah, I've had to do that with my family as well, where um, I think for me and for us, it comes down to first knowing what those facts are. So I feel like once, and I'm noticing how many times I'm saying, I feel like. I, I feel, feel like, like, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but. I think it comes down to knowing what those facts are and knowing what that truth is ahead of time. Because when you are already in this place where you are just so consumed with emotions, it has to be difficult to say, okay, I'm not going to feel that way anymore. I'm going to feel this way. But if you know, and you set yourself up in advance and you say, okay, th this is truth. This is what God's word says, or even about things that aren't necessarily in the Bible. Um, but for example, if yellow is not your color, the Bible is not going to tell you that, but you can go talk to a friend and say, Hey, I'm not sure. Am I just being paranoid? Um, I did this recently. I had new pictures taken and I was like, I hate them. I want to burn them all. They're awful. And my friends were like, they're fine. You're being weird. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just being weird. So it's so important to get that feedback. And sometimes you're going to get truth from the Bible. And then sometimes you need to go to another, and sometimes you need to go to prayer. And sometimes you need to go to a friend who you can just be very honest and be like, I hate this picture of me. I look really fat. My hair is frizzy. And she can be like, you are being crazy. And that's a good thing to have that feedback and to talk to other people and to open up in that way so that they can tell you this is the truth and walk in it instead of letting your emotions go all over the place. Is that helpful at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, the Bible encourage us encourages us to get godly advice you know we need friends for all the things for the little things that do i look ridiculous in this picture are my teeth too big uh, you know is my hair bad tell me the truth to the big life things of you know am i ready to get married am i um ready to take on this job and balance that with motherhood all, all of that friends can give us godly counsel and help us to find the facts and sift through the things, the feelings that we may not be able to sift through on our own. Absolutely. I love that. Can you give some advice as well for those reluctant feelers of us who, um, because I know feelings are not facts, so we're just going to go with the facts. But I know I don't want to just leave feelings out of the equation altogether because I'm sure that they are important or have some kind of value. Can you speak to that from your perspective of why is it so important to listen to our emotions, even if they're not always 100% 
factual. Well, first let me say, and I kind of touched on this, that reluctant feelers, we need you. And um, we need your emotional strengths. And you may think, I don't have emotional strengths because I don't like to have emotions, but you do. The, emo uh, the, the reluctant feeler is the person that you want to go to when everything is crumbling and the world is falling apart and you can't figure out which way is up. The reluctant feeler will be a safe harbor in that storm. They will be someone who will tell you the truth and help you to think clearly. They will problem solve for you. They will troubleshoot. They will say, here's what we need to do. I think the other strengths, um, I mean, there are many, but some of the other big strengths of the reluctant feeler are just their commitment to truth and justice and fairness. They're not going to get easily swayed by, well, what does everybody think and everybody feel? They're like, no, we need to worry about the truth and honoring God and, and being fair and just. So they're awesome in a conflict when the rest of the big feelers or more emotional people, um, are out there, you know, ah, everybody's feeling stuff. The reluctant feelers can kind of help find the solution. Um, now I think the challenge for reluctant feelers is number one, they tend to not know what to do when big feelings do come because <laughs> you do sometimes have big feelings and, and, and they may come out of the blue and because you don't have as much practice and experience with them, it can be very overwhelming. When a reluctant feeler goes through a season of grief or heartache, especially they, they don't know what to do with it. And, and the temptation is to shove it away when in fact God did make us at certain times to need to grieve and to need to mourn or, or even to feel sorrow for sin or there are times when those dark feelings need to come. And so I think the reluctant feeler has to learn when do I let them in and when are they, when is it their turn to be here? Um, I think the other thing that the reluctant feeler just has to be aware of is chances are you live with some some people with a lot more emotion than you or you are close friends with <laughs> other other feelers and so you have to remember to make space for those feelings you may not need to sit and hash out how you feel about a conflict that you had or an issue that's bothering you know bothering you or come up but your bigger feeling friends do. They need space and time to process, to talk, probably much more space and time than you would like them to need. So just remembering to validate and make room for others' feelings and say, wow, that must be hard. You know, even if you aren't able to say, wow, I understand how you feel, you can say, that must be hard and I'd love to pray for you. You know, there, there are ways that you can make space for others' emotions. Um, can you also, give us a good overview. You just went through all of the people who are the reluctant feelers and their strengths and weaknesses. What are the really good strengths and weaknesses of people who have all the feels? So in the book, I talk about three different types of feelers, the reluctant feeler, the big feeler, and then there is a middle ground because some people are kind of like, well, I'm not e neither one of those. I'm going to get to you. <laughs> the big feeler, like me, we've sort of, we've already gotten a bit of a picture, but we live life in emotional high definition. I mean, everything is technicolor and nobody experiences joy like the big feeler. They're not just happy. There is a parade and fireworks when, when the big feeler is happy. Um, 
they're they're not just they don't just love they love you and and it's a wonderful thing when you are lit, loved by a big feeler with all of the depth and breadth of their heart it's a it's an incredible thing and it gives you a sense of how big and hard god loves you um that's some of their gifts um the big feeler when they're sad I mean, the world feels like it's coming to an end. So everything is is enhanced. Everything is dramatic for the big feeler. Um, there's they have incredible strengths of insight because they're so emotionally engaged. They can read other people really well and instinctively know what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and what they need. Um, they like i said they're they're such loving people they make incredible friends very loyal friends sometimes loyal to a fault <laughs> you know they will love you until the end um but they have such incredible empathy they're great at just holding others up in a crisis and just sitting with them and instinctively knowing what they need um and then I think we've kind of covered what some of the downsides of that can be. Um, now that middle grant, middle ground feeler, I like to call it the steady feeler. And I am married to a classic steady feeler. Steady feelers are people who, you know, most of the time they're steady as she goes. They're good. They're pretty happy. There aren't a lot of dramatic ups and downs, but they do have a deep emotional side and most of the time, they're able to sort of box that up and deal with it in the right way at the right time. Like, this is not a good time for me to fall apart, so I'm not going to. I'll fall apart later or I'll process this later. But sometimes they do get waylaid by intense feelings and it can catch them off guard because they're not used to that. Um, now, the gifts of the steady feeler, they I think they help reluctant feelers and big feelers to understand each other because they get both perspectives. Um, I think they are incredible um, at inspiring and motivating people because they can connect on that real emotional level, but also plan and keep things moving forward. So that's a really unique emotional gift set to be able to say, I get you and let's connect, but let's also have a plan and move forward. <laughs> so we really need the steady feelers. I mean, I love living with my husband, the steady feeler. He, we complement each other really well. Um, he helps me with my big feelings. He's very empathetic, but also like helps me solve, you know, think through and move forward. But I also help him to slow down and embrace those big feelings when it's time. I love that. I didn't even know that there was a third option. So good to know that we can fall into all of these different camps. Um, before we wrap up today, though, is there anything else that you really wanted to share? A key takeaway that you say, oh, I didn't have time to cover this yet. Something that people should know, especially as women who have all of the feels. It's such an adventure. When you open up your heart on an emotional level and you bring your faith to your feelings and your feelings to your faith, your walk with God becomes so much more exciting and meaningful. I do think that a lot of Christians aren't accustomed to that. You know, they sort of put their feelings into airplane mode when they walk into church. Like, this is my time to be holy. This is my time to think good thoughts and worship God. And there's not room here at church for the messiness of life and the messiness of my feelings. And then they walk out and they're like, 
they sort of hoist all their feelings back on and all their burdens back onto their full shoulders and they wonder why don't i feel close to god why don't why isn't my faith helping me but when you learn to open up your heart on that level to god and to start taking those feelings to him in prayer to start um really worshiping in that more emotional way and inviting god into the difficult conversations that you have with yourself it's like it's just like a whole new level opens up of joy and growth i think you see god working in your daily life on a whole deeper level and your faith really grows it's so encouraging so i'm just excited for people to learn how to do this more and um, experience so much more depth in their faith and their walk with god well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today to talk to us about our emotions and how we can kind of untangle them and see them appropriately it has been so great talking to you today Thank you so much for having me. I've loved getting to the chance to hash this out with you. It's been really fun. All right. I feel like we could dive into this conversation so much more and explore each of these personality types that much deeper, but we are just about out of time for today. So if you would like to learn even more about these personality types, how you can handle your feelings in a God-honoring and appropriate way, and how you can emotionally relate to the people around you as well, I would highly encourage you to check out Elizabeth's brand new book, all the feels and it's available anywhere that books are sold um so go ahead check that out if you haven't already the link is in the show notes as always and as always if you haven't yet subscribed to the equipping godly women podcast what are you waiting for we come back regularly to share all kinds of tips and tricks and strategies to help you be all in as a christian woman wife and mother and we really hope that you'll join us so go ahead check out elizabeth's book and subscribe and we will see you back here again real soon all right bye